Hey everyone, welcome to Sterility for Realty. I am Brandon, the sterile guy, and I'm your host for this episode. All the episodes actually, but you know, I just wanted to say that once. I hear everyone else say that on podcasts. This is your host, blah, 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 right? Like, it just seems kind of crazy. Anyways, today on this episode, I wanted to do another true or false um, question and answer for the CRCST studying. Um, but before we get into that, can I vent a little bit? Is that okay? Man, so one thing I love about what I'm doing is the entrepreneur part of developing this whole company, the sterile guy, like the YouTube, it started with the Etsy, I built my own website. So now it's it's the sterile guy LLC, right? And I love it. I love producing content. I love coming up with really great tools for people to study and pass the exams. But the number one issue I have is customers who maybe place an order and their digital file of what they purchase isn't sent within like two to three minutes. Sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes it takes five minutes for the system to send out that email. And I'm getting these uh, within that two or three minutes, I'll get like an email, a comment on the the website chat saying, you scammed me, you didn't send me anything, or um, even going into the reviews and leaving a zero one star review saying this is a scam, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I wish I could be there like a minute, two minutes later when they receive that file. Like, I hope you feel like a dumbass. And if this is you, I'm not fucking sorry because to treat people like that is so shitty because you have so much impatience. So that's my soapbox. That's what I want to share. If any of you want to become entrepreneurs, by all means, it is amazing to do something that you want to do that's your baby. And I would totally encourage that. But beware the marketplace of customers can drive you nuts. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I, the majority of my customers, 99%, I love all of you guys and gals. You guys have purchased my products. You've trusted the source. You've used those products. And I can't even count how many of you have passed your certification exams with multiple of you even reporting back that you have used my exams to get triple crowns or even the sought after golden crown. And for me, that is so rewarding to know that my hard work is actually producing results with you and enhancing your quality of life and profession. I love that you guys deserve it. You deserve to have raises. Um, and I'm so thankful for you as my audience, as my friends, as my customers. Thank you guys for all you do for this, this company, the Sterile Guy LLC. Love it. Hey, one more thing I want to talk about before we get to the questions is I, I want to get some feedback on what you guys want to hear from the podcast. Do you want to hear more about um, some of the entrepreneurship side of building this company and what it took and how I did it. Is that even something that would interest you? Because I would totally talk about that stuff if that's something that you actually felt like would interest you. Um, also, I want to explore the idea of having guests on the show. 
yeah, I get it. I'm only like three episodes in, but I can't imagine that you just want to hear me talk all the time. That's got to be a little bit crazy, but also it would be nice to have someone to kind of chat with on the show. That would be kind of cool, right? So what I'm thinking is I don't want to run this like the whole Beyond Clean podcast where I have all these vendors on and they're talking about their products and pushing their products and crap like that. No, I have always been about the front line of sterile processing. So what I would like to do is interview frontline sterile processing techs, frontline sterile processing supervisors, managers, directors, even interview some other areas of people who used to be sterile processing techs and went on and advanced their careers, like surgical techs, nurses, infection control persons. Like there is so much you can do if you want to expand yourself past sterile processing. And I would love to bring that to the field, to the podcast field like connect ourselves with the frontline. What's going on? What are different hospitals like? What are your challenges? What are you coming up against? What are your goals? What are you shooting for? What certifications have you got? Like just getting in touch with each other. You know what I mean? I think that would be a great process. But thanks for listening, guys. We're probably almost like eight minutes into this. But I am going to transition here and ask you some questions, some true or false questions for the sterile processing CRCST exam. So get your head right. Are you there? All right, let's do this. Question number one, leak testing should be performed on each flexible endoscope on an annual basis, true or false? If you chose false, that's absolutely correct. Leak testing on endoscopes, goodness gracious, that should be done Every time we use it, every time we get it back and we go to clean it, process it, we should be leak testing those bad boys to make sure they're actually going to work. So that way we're not causing failures or patient contamination in the procedure. Question number two, true or false? Loaned instrument trays that are received sterile from other facilities do not need to be decontaminated and re-sterilized before use. Ooh, I hope you chose false. I've seen this a lot in the sterile processing field and it aggravates the living shit out of me. If you receive trays, pre-wrapped loaner trays, I'm talking, if you receive pre-wrapped loaner trays from another facility, you must open those trays, re-clean them and inspect them and sterilize them. This is for two reasons. One, you don't know the the practices and standards that that other hospital follows, right? So they could have a really shitty inspection process. Maybe their cleaning process sucks. Maybe they didn't even use the right sterilization parameters. So you're taking on a huge risk to patient safety by just blindly accepting this. And two, this could be a huge financial disadvantage for you because you have no idea what's truly in those trays. And all it takes is for you to accept them and the rep to say, you lost four of my pieces. And those could be thousands of dollars a piece. So you need to be responsible and hold some accountability for patient safety and also fiscal responsibility. All right, question number three. Endoscope channels should be cleaned and then left moist for storage. 
Oh, I hope you said false, because what does moisture do? Moisture provides a breeding ground for bacteria and fungi and whatever else, right? So last thing you'd want to do after drying a scope is leaving it moist, re-moistening it, or just not drying it to begin with. You're just creating this perfect environment for scopes to, to grow bacteria and even form spores and biofilm, which would be very difficult to clean. Question number four, powered surgical instruments have one of three power sources, electric, compressed gas or pneumatic, or battery. True or false? That is true. Those are the three types of powered sources that you're going to find in the operating room and sterile processing environments. All right, question number five. All powered surgical instruments should be lubricated each time they are processed. True or false? That is false. And I know you might be asking, wait, powered instruments have to be lubricated. Well, we can't just put out a one size fits all. It depends on the manufacturer IFU and design. Not all manufacturers call for lubrication every time. So you need to make sure you're following those IFUs according to the manufacturer's specifications. Question number six, laparoscopic instrument insulation failure can cause burns. That is absolutely true. Those uh, insulation pieces that cover the laparoscopic instrument are specifically meant to prevent electrical discharge in that shaft. So if that shaft is compromised, it can actually release electrical discharge to the patient's tissue through the trocar, or even just if it's you know, inside without a trocar, it can release electrical currents that can cause burns to the patient. Question number seven, the purpose of a decontamination battery is to protect powered surgical instruments from fluid invasion. Is that true or false? You might remember some old power drills or even they might still be around where they had those red batteries that were for cleaning and decontamination only. Well, those are absolutely there to prevent fluid invasion. So that is absolutely true. Number eight, dental drills are used to remove cement. That is false. Uh, maybe you've seen a dental surgeon use a drill inappropriately to remove um, cement or whatever else, but that is not their purpose and design. It is absolutely not meant to remove cement. So that is absolutely false. Question number nine, an arthroscope is an example of a pneumatic device, true or false? That is false. A pneumatic device would be something that is powered by gas. Um, so that would be like an older style micro air drill. An arthroscope is not powered by gas. It is powered by a light cord, right? And a camera. All right, and we'll do final question here, number 10. One of the problems associated with electric-powered surgical instruments is condensation entering the device when the seals wear out. Is that true or is that false? 
That is absolutely true. Just like a sterilizer has those seals and gaskets, just like containers have seals and gaskets, over time those will degrade, crack, and cause issues and allow fluid invasion or air escape or whatever it is instrument or, or equipment you're talking about. They will degrade and cause problems over time. So part of your regular maintenance should be checking those seals and or gaskets. I hope you guys liked this uh, question and answer for CRCST. I want to keep doing this podcast. I think it's a great way to kind of just, you know, just talk with you guys, just relate without the formal craziness of YouTube. And we can kind of just do whatever we want. But I need your feedback. If there's something you want to hear, if there's a direction you feel like this podcast should go, if there's guests you would like to hear me speak with on this podcast, please send me emails, brandon at thesteroguy.com, and I will be sure to read those. I'll be sure to do whatever I can to get whatever guests you want, and we will make this podcast work for you. But I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sterility Virility podcast. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Did you like that episode? <laughs> I knew you would. That's okay. Why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button? Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. And screw it. While you're there, why not give a five-star review? Help a friend out. Support the podcast. You know, it's not like you're paying for this. It's free. <laughs>